0: everyone, welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host Eric, alongside with expert analyst Rod. Thanks for joining us on the Best MSU Basketball Podcast, featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to interrupt our Big Ten previews uh, with some breaking news. As of this recording, we're doing this Sunday afternoon on September 10th, I think if you're like me, most Spartan fans woke with some sobering news broken by the USA Today overnight that head coach uh, for football, Mel Tucker, is in the midst of a Title IX investigation for sexual misconduct at Michigan State. Uh, the incident took place a little while ago. It's with uh, strangely with someone who is, <laughs> who is uh, tasked with helping young men do the right thing when it comes to contact with women. And so it's, it looks bad on its face, and uh, it's unclear at this point. As we're recording this again, what's going to happen with Mel Tucker? And this is a Michigan State basketball podcast, so we're not going to focus too much on what he did, or the details, or what what the ramifications are for the football program, but simply just the fact we're going to focus on Tom Izzo and what happens with basketball. Because as we saw, even with the shooting incident, which of course is in the midst of the Michigan State basketball season, uh, Tom Izzo is very much the face of Michigan State, uh, whether he likes it or not. Uh, he, the The president is an interim president. It's a fairly new, uh, it's just uh, athletic director. Alan Haller's only been placed for a couple of years. And so he is like the legacy, the long running public face of the university, which is something that Michigan State has been quick to promote because he's generally a wholesome sort of uh, figure and well liked by most people. But they're also, you know, how there's an expectation, I think, probably that there'll be some sort of reaction or some sort of. Response from Izzo, or on some level, as what's gone on with with Mel Tucker, partially because I think he's so involved in the athletic department and with the football program, and you know, one of the buildings is named after him as well. So, we're just going to talk real briefly about what we think this will be as far as implications for for Izzo and basketball.
1: Yeah, well, the, the the first thing I would say is that I think you're right, for better and for worse, that he is the public face of the university and that's as a side note um i just you know other universities have problems with administrations i mean the university of michigan has had numerous issues over the years lots and lots of other stanford i believe is going through that right now um there's a it's not unique to msu that they have these problems at the top but It just seems to never get better. The one time in my period of awareness, which really I've been much more aware of Michigan State than I was who the president was uh, for a longer (laughs) period of time. But but starting when when I was in school and John DiBiaggio was president. And if you remember the war that he had with George Perlis, Mm -hmm. there were other things that went on. M. Peter McPherson had a tumultuous, he had his problems with Nick Saban. But this goes way beyond presidents and sports. It's just, in general, the only time that I've been really aware of it, that there didn't seem to be a lot of discord, and everything seemed to be more or less in, in lockstep, was with Luanna Simon, and then we know how that ended.
0: <laughs> Not so, well, yes.
1: They've got a. I mean, how long have we had an interim? When did Stanley, when was Stanley gone? It's been at least 6 months right maybe longer
0: well i feel like woodruff was i think that was a, wasn't he also the interim before woodruff or was he interim and then became permanent for like a year and then he became then he left no no I, stanley I was stanley
1: was hired from the outside he was never an interim um he was the hiring decision after the period where john engler was the interim oh in the yeah, wake, okay. in the wake gotcha. of yeah. Luanna simon leaving and all of that so it's been too long and you know people always complain complaining about the board of trustees is kind of akin to complaining about DTE or your cable company or (laughs) airlines but it's also true Michigan State has long had fractious boards to deal with and the, the time is we're way past time to get this straight the reason I'm mentioning all of this is if you had appropriate leadership at the top, then there isn't this burden placed on your basketball coach. Right. Right. And if and I'm not talking about the implications of what Mel Tucker is alleged to have done, what he's admitted to have done all of that. I'm just at the moment, at least I'm just talking about the impact on the basketball program. What I really, really dislike about this is that it is, again, like it or not, it is putting this on the shoulders in part of Tom Izzo to be the voice of the university. Certainly the voice of the university athletic department. And I understand that some of that is inevitable. When you have a Hall of Fame coach in one of the two revenue sports that is as intertwined with the school as Izzo is, it's natural that he's the person people are going to come to looking for comment. You mentioned, I think where it was very positive that they at least had a figure like him was in the last year in the wake of the shootings, you know, that you had somebody at the university who was universally admired, who could speak up and, and at least give some kind of bring some kind of presence to what the university was attempting to do and to get past it. Now, I, you know, we talked about it at the time. I didn't think that was all handled optimally, but I'm not criticizing Izzo's performance in any of that. Um, But again, it points to, it points to what I, what I just mentioned. My issues with that were you shouldn't be putting this, the decisions to play a game at Michigan in the immediate wake of this horrible incident, all that comes with that, all that came with that, playing that particular team, that particular coach, all of those things that never should have been in Tom as hands, but it is because there's a vacuum. Yep. You know? So there needs to be, and I'm not even, you know, I'm not really even particularly coming at Alan Howard yet, as you mentioned, still relatively new in the job. This is, I mean, this thing is his moment. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, Alan Howard is now on the clock in terms of, um, you know, what he's going to be, what his legacy is going to be as an athletic director, because he's almost certainly going to have to make a football hire here in the next few months. Um, That seems clear to me, at least as of this morning. Um, But I, I worry about it because look, And this is selfishly from, again, I'm not trying to minimize or brush aside any of the implications of what's going on. We're just talking about it from a basketball sense. I don't like it because I think it's going to put something else on the shoulders of a coach who really should just be able to coach his team. And his team has a world of potential, as we all know, expectations are going to be very high. That's enough to deal with. You know, we saw this now it's a different circumstance, but we saw this in the 2017, 2018 season, right? Yep. When a team with massive expectations, ton of talent, ton of potential got, in my opinion, got weighted down by all that went on. It's different because that was, there was stuff being directly aimed at Tom Izzo and his program, which was, as we know, was a complete nutter joke. But it was. And it was something they had to go through. And I think in retrospect, it was a hell of an accomplishment they managed to win the Big Ten that year, given all of that. But, but I do think it weighed on that team, without question. And it certainly weighed on Izzo. So I don't like the idea of him having to have anything remotely like that. And this is, you know, that's the thing. This is, this isn't just, Oh, Mel Tucker's having a bad season. Maybe he'll be fired. This isn't that this is, Oh, I guess Michigan state just continually has these problems with, uh, issues relating, uh, relating sex to sexuality. Yeah. And here's another one. And what do you think about this coach? And it, and look, if you're, if you're talking about some of the less ethical and um, frankly, less skilled media figures, it won't surprise me if we see, you know, at least some attempts to bring all that back up again, including what was going on, what was alleged to have been going on with the basketball program. So, it's all that stuff coming back. You don't need it. You don't want it when you have a team that's set up to have a very, very special season. Now I think Izzo proved by navigating that and going through it. He's certainly fully capable of doing so, but I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> putting it mildly. I really don't like it uh, for the basketball program for, as I say, forget football. That's a whole other deal that the university is going to have to wrestle with. I, I do think this one tiny, tiny, tiny saving grace in this. Well, there's two. One is thank. I'm saying to myself, thank God that the presence on ESPN will be minimal to nil this year. Yeah, right. Because of the network partners, they are the one that you expect to engage in that kind of nonsense. When I think about Fox, when I think about Peacock, I mean, Peacock is kind of yet to be determined, but I I, definitively, but I think I have a feel for how that's going to go. CBS, obviously they don't tend to engage in as much of this stuff. Yeah. As much of the nonsense. So I, I grateful for that. The other thing is the timing would have been a lot worse if this had broken on Friday rather than last night, because MSU had, as I'm sure many of our listeners are aware had grind week this week, where alums, pros, et cetera, come back and they had an, another great turnout for that. They all go to the game, the football game the next day, they were all there as it was there, all the festival, they had a tailgate, all that stuff was going on. If this had broken, even 24 hours earlier, that would have been absolutely ruined. And, you know, Izzo did a press conference leading into that. So he didn't have to deal with any of this stuff at that. We, you and I were just talking before we started. And I don't know this for certain, but I suspect we're looking at roughly a month before he would have his next scheduled press conference. I would think the next one would be, well, actually, let me check that. I was going to say the next one would probably be, um, leading into, uh, the madness event, which I think is scheduled for October 13th, but I'm not sure when media day is. media day, big 10 media day will probably be the next time, regardless it's, it's several weeks away. Yeah. And so that's a good thing for right now. Cause you know, the thing is, and it's part of the charm of Tom as we know, but, He feels what you could, I I think you could tell him, look, you don't need to comment on this. You shouldn't comment on this. Just give him a quick, no comment. Sorry. I got nothing to say guys and be done with it, but you know, he won't. You (laughs) know, he won't. He feels compelled to, because he's honest. And I think he, he obviously cares a great deal about the university. He's going to care about those players on that football team. He's going to care about this community as a whole, all of it. And so he's going to feel as if he has to say something. So what I'm hopeful for as much as anything in the next few weeks is that nobody tries to get him on the mic during a football game on the sidelines.
0: Right. I
1: hope. Cause I would just like, and, and it's not cause I'm worried he's going to say something. It's not that it's just, I don't think he needs it. I don't think his team, none of nobody needs it. So let's just let things play out. And I'm hopeful that circumstances will allow for that. But if somebody puts a mic in his face, we know who we're dealing with. He's going to talk. And he (laughs) may, for all I know, he may feel compelled to do that anyway. We may be, I'm saying all of this. and, And, you know, Tuesday morning, he could show up standing next to Alan Howard, for all I know in front of the so yeah. uh, you, you just you just don't know. But um that's where I sit. I don't know what, what your thoughts are.
0: Well I think I think you touched on a lot of really good things. One is, you know, that there is a vacuum at Michigan State in leadership. You can look at the Duke lacrosse incident, for instance, I think is a good example from I don't know when that was, like eight years ago. I don't think you had a lot of comments from Mike Mike and what's going on at Duke with their Exactly program, right. It was just this was happening that Duke the it's a really Los good team, point. And and that was that's just a to your point. Your athletic director is the one who handles these sorts of things. It should not be incumbent upon what your uh, your basketball coach thinks. You could say there's some maybe there's some institutional problems or control issues in the you know in the department, and that may you know wrap up that that's sort of the implications that ESPN had. And ESPN is a much different model as far as network than the rest of the networks, which have Correct. regular news, regular programming. They're Correct. not relying on 24 hours of you know, you're basically filling up sixteen hours of non sports stuff with just like talking about sports. And so this is obviously something you talk about. And and I and I do agree with you that Tom will comment if he's given the opportunity or presented, you know, with like he won't he won't shirk it. And uh, it, I don't think anything he says will be very helpful in for him, except because I think he tends to, um, you know, maybe he'll have things planned out ahead of time. But I think he struggled sometimes a little bit with with the situation uh, before. That I think he's candid, and I think his you, if you are uncharitable in sort of how you take what he says or anyone says, you can sort of twist things, and it and it just puts him in a dis- point. It puts him in a position where he doesn't want to be. And to your point, right, there's just there's nothing that's good that's going to come by him commenting on anything at this point. Because even if he stands up next to Alan Heller, I mean, Alan Heller may be the next one, right? Like, you know, the next question would be, when did you know? How much did you know? Right? And then he could be just as much implicated and end up in a fiery ball of <laughs> of destruction, just like Mel Tucker. I mean, anything's possible at this point. Let, and,
1: right. Let, let's let let's deal with that for a second. Um, As of right now, I don't think there's any reason to believe that. And and the reason that I say that is my understanding of how Title IX works, and this is a Title IX action Correct. that was filed. This is not a court case yet. Um, is the most that somebody like Alan Hauer, if it's working properly, should be aware of is that there was a complaint filed against Mel Tucker. He wouldn't know who. That's my understanding. I'm, I'm open to being corrected on that. But my understanding is the amount of information that anybody in the athletic department should have gotten about this is very minimal because it didn't involve somebody who was on campus. The only way they would necessarily know is if there was someone else on campus. Let's say it was a, a student trainer that was accusing him of this, well, then you would need to take steps to make sure that that right. person is not put in harm's way or, you know, any of those things. Sure. Then you've got different, but, but now this is all out in the open up until, you know, early this morning, whenever that story broke, um, you know, I, I, if Alan Howard did know more then there's a problem, Mm-hmm. So I think I, I I'm not ready. I'm not nearly ready to assume that this is a deeper problem than Mel Tucker's right now. So let's just get that out of the way. All that said, I agree with the rest of what you just talked about in terms of Izzo. Look, the guy is, as we said, very honest, and so. I can see a scenario where he says some things in the spirit of honesty, what he honestly believes, and it gets him into trouble because there's a difference between being honest and even sometimes being correct and being as politic as you need to be. Correct. Yeah. You know, and that's where, that's where he, and he, and it and he fails at that for the right reasons. He fails at that because he's a no bull kind of individual, harder to be that way in the modern era and not suffer for it, but that's who he is. And so he's kind of unfiltered and he's going to generally say what he thinks. And sometimes that's not the best move for keeping your sanity and keeping, um, <laughs> keeping the turmoil down when you don't need to go looking for it. Now, again, one big difference, and it needs to be stressed, between this and what went on in 2018 is, 2018, that was coming directly at him. It was about him. It was about things he supposedly had or had not done. It was about Mm -hmm. players who played for him. None of this touches him. So it is different in that way, but that doesn't mean that you still can't step in it. Yeah, you know, Um, (laughs) I I will just tell you just to comment on this whole thing substantively, very briefly, um, because I know we were focusing primarily on the basketball component. Um, Without knowing any more than what was in the And by the way, the ESPN take on this was terrible because they didn't have the story and they they knew one was coming and they rushed to get something first. The story to read is the USA Today article because they're the ones who actually did the reporting. And when you read that, I find a few things interesting on the surface. And none of this is dispositive. I'm just going to tell you, you know, I, I don't practice in this area, but I am an attorney. I do have opinions on this stuff. When I see certain kinds of moves being made, they tend to betray certain things. When you have someone leak, information like this a month in advance from the hearing date Mm -hmm. my mind what i turn to is oh they don't have a good case because what they're what gen and that's not a hundred percent true but it's true much more often than not because generally when you see that the way i would read that is this is an attempt to frame things put it in the public sector Put it in the public sphere and attempt to apply a different kind of pressure to whomever the decision maker is right so that that can be manifesting for a couple different reasons one would be specifically this title 9 hearing outcome and then the second thing would be i'm going to assume that she's setting up for some type of civil lawsuit and so it could be read as an attempt to, uh, start setting the agenda for that. But Mm -hmm. generally speaking, if you've got a really, really good case, you don't go public with it. You just don't, um, they did that. So that makes me that. And there's some, there are little details in that story. The fact that both parties deleted all their text messages. That's interesting. (laughs) I don't know why you would destroy evidence if you were, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me on the surface. And again, I'll freely admit anybody, me, anyone who's not intimately involved in this thing can't really speak with a hundred percent certitude to any of those kinds of things. I'm just noting it in conjunction with the decision to leak this thing. um, That does not betray to me a great deal of confidence. However, What that's important for is just winning or losing the Title IX hearing or winning or losing any potential civil lawsuit for harassment. It does not speak at all to whether Mel Tucker should keep his job. Right. Because there are lots of other implications. You know, Mel Tucker hired this woman to do presentations. So I believe, at least the way I would interpret it, there is an implicit relationship there. That, well, an, an explicit relationship there. I'm sorry. That that makes it um, problematic to be engaging in any kind of sexual or even quasi-sexual activity. That's a that's a problem on the surface. The things that he that were in the USA Today article that he admitted to, um, in my mind, are enough for dismissal. And I think given the circumstances, I don't see how Michigan State has any choice. So my two-cent read of this right now would be, this would be my expectation. And again, it's subject to changing facts and all that. But right now, from, the, from what I understand, what I would expect happens is um, I think they can suspend him now because this has been made public. Generally, you cannot suspend an employee who's under Title IX investigation until there's an outcome, which should answer, I would hope, for all the less educated among us who are out there today saying, why did Michigan State suspend him in December when this was filed? Well, Title IX regulations, as I understand them, say you can't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think because this is public now, I think that's changed. If it is not, there are still things you can likely do. Um, I don't expect him to coach another game at Michigan State. I don't see how that's viable. Uh, So I think what we're talking about is Mel Tucker is effectively no longer the football coach at MSU. And I think what remains to be determined is how much of that contract he gets. And that's where the outcome of the Title IX hearing any subsequent civil suit that's where that stuff might matter might i say might heavy emphasis on might um or it might not you know it might be that his behavior was sufficiently embarrassing to the university that firing for cause holds up and they don't owe him a dime more realistically what i would expect just kind of seeing how these things go is i would expect that some combination of the university or donors and maybe a heavier emphasis on the latter as opposed to the former buys it buys out that contract settles it yeah settles it they, some pa- they pay them yeah. something they don't pay them all of it and they move on that that's yep. kind of what i would expect but you know the the caveat to that is you never know and sometimes people go scorched earth um I don't think the university would be inclined to do that, but Mel Tucker might. How the hell do I know? He might he might look at this as, hey, I you know, my reputation is destroyed if I don't if I don't fight tooth and nail to exonerate myself in every conceivable way, including making sure the university pays me every dime they contracted with me to pay me. I, I don't know. That's not normally what happens but you you can just never say with any certitude so that's kind of how I see this thing right now for the next to nothing that's worth um, but <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah
0: yeah I think this is this is a great example I think in general of the lesson that it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and <laughs> a, and a, a moment to destroy it and to so you just you'd be. We are creatures. uh, We are, I guess, victims of our own decisions in life. And so you have to be very careful what you do in life and how you conduct yourself.
1: Isn't it, you know, I I think if anything is clear to me at having lived a few years on this earth, it's that um, hubris (laughs) is an incredible thing to overcome. And it takes, it actively takes work. And I'm not even just talking about football coaches if you look at look at all the troubles that ceos politicians anybody who's in you know serious positions of authority that people people who aren't even in the public eye who are in positions of of serious authority it is a very human and none of this is entitled to be a justification by the
0: no, way explanation
1: but right it's It is very human, I think very easy, when you have people around you on your day-to-day, in your day-to-day existence, who generally say yes, and you have the money and the trappings and all the things that go with being in positions of authority, positions of power. It becomes, I think, very easy to start to believe that the rules that apply to other people don't apply to you. And so those checks on your own behavior, those walls, those barriers start coming down. And we see this over and over again. and it doesn't always manifest in something like this. It can manifest I was just reading I was just reading two days ago, there was a big story about uh, the comedian Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this story broke where he had something like 13 former employees go on the record about a toxic work environment and the article was so damning he felt compelled to issue a public apology and you know who knows where where that story goes from here it, i don't know that it's over but that's an example you know you you get in these positions and I'll, and and he wasn't alleged to have sexually harassed anybody it was more about belittling employees um you know publicly in front of their peers um just having generally a uh, a terrible work environment where people felt Uh, under assault, threatened, you know. We could go back around and around on this stuff all day long. I think in some ways society is certainly um, softer when it comes to some of these things. But the fact remains, if you are that person at the top, so this applies to Mel Tucker, you have to be aware that you live in 2023, and and the bottom line is if you're behaving badly in any way, it's probably going to come out. It doesn't get hidden the way it used to. It's probably going to come out and when it does, you might have a problem. So you have to be you have to put in extra work to make sure that your judgment is sound when you're in those positions as I see it. And I think that it's human nature when you're in those positions to react in exactly the opposite fashion, right? To yeah. start believing yeah. that, that, Hey, you know what, this is my show. It's fine. I can do what I want. And it's not even necessarily a conscious thought. I think it can seep into your unconscious and you just start behaving that way without even fully realizing it. So again, no way entitled to be a justification, just as you said, an explanation as to why it seems to happen so much. You say these people have so much at stake. Mel Tucker had 90-some million dollars, right, on that yeah. contract. Why would he do something this monumentally stupid on every level when you look at the optics of it alone? Even if he's right and it was totally consensual, just look at how it appears. And you would know, right? Most of us would think, well, I would never do that. That's just That's just moronic. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> well no question why does it keep I, happening <laughs> well you can you can read shakespeare you can read the bible i mean it's, it's yeah. as, as old as humanity that these sorts Absolutely. of things keep happening right i mean these are, these but we are know the human more, condition but we
1: but we know more about it now i think that's the difference for a variety of reasons you can point at social media you can point at media in general you can point at a changing climate with regard to, to many of these things that they're just societally We just seem to have accepted that, um, you know, boys will be boys behavior or, um, you know, well, your boss is kind of sucks, but you got to deal with it. Those things aren't as accepted the way they use. I mean, I've seen that by lifetime. That has been a sea change. And so. It, we just hear about a lot more of it. I think it's always gone on clearly. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just most of it, most of it tended to stay quiet or was just tacitly accepted. And it's not now. And again, if you're in one of these positions and you don't realize the conditions have changed, that's on you.
0: <laughs> For sure. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. I think we've probably said about all, all we can say on this, this topic. And I guess the main implications are hopefully it it happened soon enough and far enough away from the Michigan state basketball season from a basketball perspective only that it doesn't affect yeah. the effect what goes on with the, with the season coming up. And 100%. I think that's probably going to be the case unless it's really bungled further um, by the athletic. you know, there's anything's possible, but as l- the sooner this is kind of over from, for the basketball standpoint, the better. Does it, does it feel as,
1: like <laughs> just a
0: quick aside,
1: I've seen a lot of references this week, I would assume a lot of our listeners also happen to be Lions fans. And (laughs) that game on Thursday night obviously was a great outcome. Everybody loved it. But I've seen a lot of references to people, you know, like after the final, there's a a, uh, tweet that I saw made the round. Somebody is saying the coach's sideline position you know, with his hands on his thighs, hunched down, looking at the TV. As the as the teams are, are shaking hands at midfield, saying, no, nope, it's not over yet. It's, it's yet. not over <laughs> yet. You just have this inevitable feeling that if there's a way for the Lions to, f- to find a way to lose, it will happen. And if you're a Michigan State fan, you I'm just speaking for myself, but I would imagine at least some of our listeners feel the same way. You do, no matter what, you think logically, there's this creeping thought in the back of your head, God, is there a way to make this worse? Because if there is, they'll probably find it.
0: How much, how much harder can they squeeze your soul out of you? Right. And, you
1: yeah, of, and you, yeah. And you just have to pray that that's not the case and that they've got this, that they've handled everything to this point properly. One thing I would be encouraged by is I would think if there was a major Major problem in what Michigan State as an institution has done to date with this, I would think it would have made its way into that article. Yeah. Let's hope. All right.
0: All right. Let's hope for the best. I so will return to our uh, basketball previews and then we will see people. I guess right now we're about 56 days away from the opening tip, so not too far away. Uh, again, just a reminder to visit our sponsors, nudgeprinting.com at nudgeprinting. 20% off for your uh, orders for the Spartan apparel. If you type in Final Four at checkout, also you can go to the Brothers Adjust You Gutters for all your gutter work in the West Side or the East Side of the State at brothersgutters.com. Contact information found below. Until next time, the Final Four is on the schedule. Go, group